192 of the fellowship here we are for another episode of the read and deed podcast today what are we talking about what are we talking about what is the theme today well before i get on to what i want to share with you today a lot of it's come off the back of something that i dare say happens often in our creative process You'll put something out there and hate everything that you've ever produced on which eyes other than your own will land. I have done that thing where I squint my face listening to the telephone voice that is mine when I listen back to previous recordings. And some days, as I've done in previous days, rather than riffing unaided without a script, on a particular thing that's come to mind that day that I think might help you in your own leadership process. I'm going today to read for you again another one of my recent articles. So this one's not from my blog, but rather a published article that I put together after a kind invitation from Nature Reviews Chemistry back in uh, April, May 2021. So I'll share with you the exact reference so that you can go ahead and read the original publication. This is an article on rejection. Something that if, like me, you're listening to this from inside the academic bubble, you will be no stranger to. Uh, we get rejected for PhD positions, postdoc positions, independent academic positions. We get papers rejected, proposals rejected, ideas for teaching rejected. Rejection is par for the course. It's part of the everyday. It is the fabric in which a lot of academia is dressed. And it's bouncing back from rejection, using it not as a, a slight, but as a source of fuel that becomes the real challenge. And it's seeing each rejection not as an assault on your character, which um, the less diplomatic of anonymous paper referees might lead you to believe. Um, it's not an assault on your character. Uh, every rejection is a source of feedback with which to take the next step, whether that's the next step towards gaining acceptance along the route that you were previously rejected or feedback to take the next step and pivot into a completely new direction. It's all feedback, despite the fact that at the time, each and every one of these rejections is a bitter pill to swallow, a horrible reality to face. So why was I writing about rejection? Well, I was invited to write this piece based on some of the previous outputs from my Read Indeed leadership blog. And at the same time, I was drafting uh, a book chapter for my imposter phenomenon book that was purely about rejection. So I was thinking a lot about it. Uh, I tell a lot of stories about uh, repeated rejection from writers in and beyond academia in that book chapter. But for this Nature Reviews chemistry piece, what I put together was essentially a letter to myself I wrote a letter that I wish I had been able to find or have delivered to me by my older self around five years ago when I really 
didn't handle these rejections all that well. Uh, there was cases where, you know, if I got rejected from one academic post that I thought I was even like I was really worthy of even having an interview, when I didn't get shortlisted for interview, you know, I'd have days where there were tears in my eyes. I'd uh, punch the pillow when I went back home. You know, uh, that day after reading the rejection email that didn't land very well. Um, so it's taken a long time to essentially mature a little bit and reflect and philosophize a bit more on what rejection is. And now, looking backwards, this was the letter that I wish I could have written for myself. So I hope you'll find something useful in this if rejection is something that you're struggling to frame in a positive light. The article is a letter on rejection to my younger self. To my younger self, the tears you shed for that job you didn't get might yet lead you to an emotional meltdown. You might not handle it well, you might not know how to take it, and you might not have the resource to move on without blaming the world for everything that hasn't gone your way. From the version of you who has been rejected more times than the number of applications you've ever considered, take this unsolicited advice with the love and encouragement with which it is so deeply intended. One day, this won't just help you go forward, but it will serve those in your care. Consider your CV of failures as well as your CV. Every job you ever apply for, every professional profile you will ever create will, in some fashion, centre on your resume, your curriculum vitae, your mighty CV. But will you focus on polishing your CV with the badges, triumphs, papers, awards and memberships that you think will make you stand out from the competition. Always remember that your CV will never capture the fullness of your effort. Take inspiration from Melanie Stefan, Johannes Haushofer, and those who have followed in their courageous footsteps by creating your CV of failures. Record every bump on the road, every mistake, every rejection and every failure that has led you to this point. Award your itemised rejections with the same careful bullet points as you use to acknowledge your accolades. When you are able to hold both documents in your hands, your CV and your CV of failures, then you will more fully appreciate that the successes you define for yourself are not so much divinely inspired as unwaveringly driven. Beware that repeated rejection is not specific to your time in academia. The ferociousness of the competition for professorships can act as if to place academia in an opaque bubble. Your failed lab work, unpublished manuscripts and repeated reads of the immortal mind-numbing phrase we regret to inform you will tempt you ever deeper into the falsehood that all these mechanisms of rejection are particular to the academy. This is not true. I urge you to explore the stories of the writers, 
Stephanie Myers, John Grisham, Stephen Kings and William Sorians of the world who were, as a mere handful of countless examples, rejected 14, 28, 30 and 7,000 times respectfully before their labours of literary love ever felt the warmth of a dust jacket. And yet, while rejection lies in and beyond academia, your appetite for rejection needn't be bound entirely by the pursuit of someone else's approval. The likes of Beatrix Porter and Zora Rayburn chose themselves. They chose to self-publish and to create success on their own terms when self-sponsorship was still taboo. But you have the privilege of being alive when yesterday's taboos, today's opportunity and tomorrow's norm. Rejection will happen to you in academia. It will happen more if you stay there. It will happen aplenty if you leave. And it might follow you everywhere until you choose to define your own path. For those you seek to serve, find a way to get your stuff out there. You can always find another way. Acknowledge what is out of your control to focus on what is in your control. Understand, in balance, that there are situations in which you may realise that your efforts are being invested in playing the wrong game. The debate on whether we have too many PhDs or too few can tempt you into ignoring the broader economic changes that might stack the odds against you in one game but all the while improve your chances of success in another? It is no longer the case, for example, that professors can spawn endless younger versions of themselves to take their academic chairs upon retirement. The number of PhDs continues to rise while the number of academic posts, the permanent kind, not the veiled pre-tenure kind, remains comparatively stagnant. The growth in PhDs versus comparatively flatlining academic posts is merely a microcosmic case of a broader economic phenomenon. Undeniably positive information technology trends aside, you are alive during a time when there are multiple dimensions on which growth may in fact have plateaued. These trends have emerged since the 1970s after a post-war productivity boom. Thus, not every rejection inside the academy is in your control. Nonetheless, your time is now. And there are many opportunities outside academia, jobs, careers and entrepreneurial ventures alike, that may ultimately prove to be your calling. And if you still love research, consider that some of the most profoundly successful academics of our time, Stephen Wilfram for example, are not in academia. Understand the many components that drive you forwards. If you take nothing else from this letter, mark the following point most carefully. You will fail. The key for your own well-being and those in your future care is to stop labelling each instance of your apparently fruitless efforts as failure and start calling them experiments. Each rejection, mistake and near miss is an experiment. The engineer, James Dyson, 
didn't fail 5,000 plus times before creating his first bagless vacuum cleaner. He instead made 5,000 plus data points that helped refine his offering and point him in the direction of a revolutionary domestic product. The comedian Michael McIntyre didn't fail in his comedy career when he delivered his earliest routines to a bar full of empty seats. He was humbly creating the craft that would later fill arenas. You and others might experience a diminishing appetite for terms like resilience or grit. As incomplete as these ideas may be, don't dismiss them. They are pieces of the puzzle that make up the picture of your envisaged goals. They help you understand that it's not the overused notion of passion that you need to pursue your goals, but rather the unflinching direction in which you will keep moving, no matter what, no matter how, no matter who chooses to discourage you. Above all elements of psychology that you may come across in your pursuit of understanding how to move past rejection, there is one that matters more than most. Understand that you are not fragile like a wine glass. You do not shatter into uselessness the first time you hit a wall. You are perhaps as resilient as a plastic cup, still functioning after countless knocks and bumps and falls, but you are more than resilient. The miraculous biological body that you inhabit is not simply resilient, not at all fragile, but anti-fragile. Every time you fail, you learn. Every time you get rejected, you find out how to make your offering fitter, sharper, clearer and crisper. These things and more, I wish I knew at the time when my first job application was unceremoniously rejected. These things I wish were in my ken when a lack of feedback felt like a knife had been twisted in my side. You too will feel such pain in the pursuit of what you want to achieve in your life. At the time, you will one day lead others in whom you will recognise the propensity to fear the same repeated rejections that you now call an old friend. Tell them what I have told you and watch the timid warrior today become an intellectual warrior tomorrow. Yours sincerely, still failing, still learning, still growing, your older self. I hope that helps you put rejection in a new frame. We'll see you again soon. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head over to the website where not only will you find the written blog versions of these podcasts, you'll find my leadership blog series, the daily thought series, and information about my book on managing the imposter phenomenon. We also have even more free resources and webinars linked to the YouTube channel. So head on over to dr-mark-read.com. That's dr-mark with a c-reid.com. Thanks again for listening.